What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my compatriot, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, we're going to do a little different kind of show today. We're going to talk some uh, buys, some sells, some ads and drops. We did this on our football show a couple weeks back. We enjoyed the format. Uh, We've been doing the rest of season ranking discussions uh, mostly on this show. Uh, We do have a new set of rankings up at rosrankings.com for people to look at, but today we're going to try something a little different. Yeah, it sounds good. I've been watching, was watching a little bit of baseball today. There's some day baseball. The Orioles had a nice comeback uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, There was a nice storyline there. The Urias brothers, Ramon and Luis got to play against each other uh, in this series. So I thought that was interesting. Ramon hit a home run for the O's. And uh, the other storyline for today I thought that was really interesting just happened not long ago before recording. Uh, Roger Clemens' son, Cody Clemens, hit a walk-off home run for the Phillies uh, to win the game. So, like, man, does that make you feel old when Roger Clemens' kid is out there hitting (laughs) game winners? That's crazy, man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was just reading about Nestor Cortez's comments about the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. That caught my attention. He was saying it's not much of a rivalry anymore. Uh, the, The players, you know... It's interesting just with social media and everything, and like all these players know each other so well. Like, mm-hmm. and the the Red Sox and Yankees have yet to play each other this season, but like, apparently, you know, their managers are friends, and like mm-hmm. a lot of the players are friends with each other. So it's like the rivalry between the, the actual players is not very intense right now. But you talk <laughs> about it, like you ask them about it, and they're like the fans. You still you still feel the rivalry when you go to the opposing ballpark. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully the Red Sox can find their way a little bit and uh, sooner rather than later. And it's not like the Yankees are exactly uh, operating at, at full speed right now either. I feel like, yeah. you know, it's it's um, the Rays and the, and the Blue Jays and the Orioles are all on the rise. So the division is – the dynamics have really changed from the way they used to be. Absolutely. But the Rays, man, they st- the Rays have always been that – like lately just that mainstay they seem to be a team that just that's the way you want to run an organization they've been very successful year after year kind of quietly almost um and real real quick correction it was a single it was not a home run for cody clemens but he did have a walk-off yeah walk-off's a walk-off you know exactly (laughs) there have been some fun walk-offs lately a rosarena had a nice one uh last night actually and he had a night yeah that there have been some really good good walk-offs lately yeah and uh just taking it real back quickly back to that to the a at least i gotta say the blue jays Mm -hmm. Uh, a reporter for TSN uh, posted a attempt to make a AI video. I don't know if you saw this. A hype video for the Blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> AI generated, and it is extremely dystopian and hilarious. So, Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> if you have not seen this, you should look it up uh, because it is creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll look it up after this. All right. So why don't we jump into, uh, into the show then today, and uh, yep. we're going to talk about uh, some buy, sells, ads, and drops. And why don't we start with uh, some players we, th- we could try to buy low on. Um, and, uh, you know, our initial goal here was to come up with five each, but, you know, we, we're ambitious, so we end up probably adding a few extra names <laughs> here and there. Uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll take a look at the clock and see how many we want to talk about. Well, why don't you get us started here with uh, a player that you're looking to buy low on? Sure. And I'll just say, like, I don't know your list. You don't know my list. So this is totally we're about to find out who's on who. So it's gonna be interesting if our, our lists overlap or, or what. But the first guy on my list is Francisco Lindor. Um, he's and he's he really is a buy low. You know, he's having a little bit of a rough season, um, you know, but really like 
the the power's there. Uh, he is striking out a lot. Career high strikeout rate right now, batting 216. And I'd love to tell you that oh his expected batting average is really 270. Uh, it's not. It's it's like 230 or something. You know, it's 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 a little bit rough with the batting average, but. This is a 274 career hitter. You know, I, f- I feel like I'm buying the track record a little bit here. Also, he's in a good lineup. He's he's like top 10 or 12 last time I looked at RBIs for the league. So he's he's producing. Uh, I'd like to see him steal a few more bases. Uh, that'd be nice. But I just think that that's not like, I don't think he's going to be a 20-25 steal guy anymore. But I do think at the shortstop position, he can bring that average up. And I really like just buying low on someone who I think will regress in the right way. Even though, like I said... His expected batting average is not much higher than his his actual, but I still believe that like from here on out he could bat 250 or, or 260, let's say. Yeah, no, that's a good call, and I have some good news for you. He stole a base tonight as we were recording, Ooh, so that is good. That news. will be his fifth steal of the year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I it wouldn't surprise me if he got up to the 16 he had last season. Uh, certainly, double digits are are going to happen for him, even though he's not that 2025 steal guy anymore, most likely, but. But the power is absolutely there, and I mean, he hasn't got to 30 home runs since 2019, but it, it certainly seems like he's got a shot uh, to do that this year, and mm-hmm. I like what you're saying. I mean, I, you know, we, we love to look at the advanced stats, and I'm going to be citing a lot of those for some of my buys and sells uh, tonight, but I feel like with a guy like Lindor, who's like in the prime of his career, 29 years old, and has this long track record, uh what he's done so far this season only tells you part of the story. And uh, there's reason to believe that, um, you know, I would still, I would still value the career track record more than the 62 game sample size this season. So uh, yeah, yeah, I I would expect him to be kind of what you expect to see from Lindor the rest of the way. And I'm, I was, I'm actually trying to trade for him in a league and the guy kind of, my league mate was sort of messaging me back, sort of saying like, yeah, you know, he's not doing well, kind of hoping he gets hot and then I can sell him, you know, a little bit higher because his value is so low. So it does depend on what, what the team needs are. I'm trying to trade some pitching to get him because in that league I have a little bit extra pitching. So you just have to find the right trade partner. And, you know, I'm not saying buy high because you're not, you're buying low. So it just depends on, on what you can get. So what about you? You want to, you want to give us one of your guys off the top of your buy list? Sure. Well, I'll start with my highest ranked hitter, uh, I guess, since we're we're going with the high end, more high end guys. Um, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, okay, you know, it's not like his numbers are bad, um, but I think you look at his expected numbers and they should be even better. I mean, uh, his at batting average right now is 284, but his expected average is 304. His slugging is 458, uh, which is the lowest of his career, but his expected slugging is 559. So mm-hmm. that's a lot higher. Uh, it's actually much better than it was last season. Um, so, I mean, you're not going to buy low on Vladimir Guerrero, obviously, but the fact that you could even potentially buy him at all is is kind of the, the, the real headline here, you know, because uh, he's one of those players that often is just completely unattain- unobtainable. And uh, mm-hmm. I feel like right now that's not, necessarily the case for Vladimir Guerrero and given the landscape at first base I mean uh take it from me I mean I I I happen to land on Yandy Diaz this season and he's been like a savior for me but if I hadn't done that it would be very rough like I've been trying to find a backup first baseman and the waiver wire is just barren at that position um it's not this isn't 
1990s baseball where every team's got this like 35 home run first baseman you know it's really not like that anymore so uh Vlad Guerrero is the kind of player that I feel like uh can just make that huge impact for you and be be that um top 10 player at a scarce position rest of the way yeah I like it like you said you're not really buying low you're just kind of buying because you know the manager who has him knows what kind of player he is but I like I like just being able to buy him like you said like all his numbers like his exit velocity, hard hit rate, all that stuff's, you know, fine. It's right in line. Even his launch angle is up a little bit. Um, but, like, the power just isn't quite there. But he can he can just have a good June, you know? Like, a guy like Kyle Schwarber, I don't know if, he'll, if, he, if he's on any of your lists tonight, but, like, we've seen guys just get hot, you know, in the month of June or July or whatever. And I think, Vlad, now's the time because we've seen him hit 30, 40, almost 50 home runs in a season. So he only has nine right now. And, yeah, that – in a couple of weeks, we might be like, oh, yeah, Vlad's got 15 home runs now, and he's he's hot. So Absolutely. now's the time. Well, let's talk about Schwarber, because I actually did list him as a buy as well. Do you, oh, okay. what, do you, what do you think about that? Do you feel like he's a, a, a good buy? I think he is. I mean, I didn't list him as, as one of my five buys, but I definitely considered him just because, I mean, he's been dropping down my rankings. I think he's outside of my top 100 now, because uh, we did update you know our latest rankings up on rosrankings.com. And, yeah, I've been moving him down, but... I think you told me in your league someone actually dropped him, and, and then it was just like the next day I think he hit two home runs, of yep. course. But he can just get hot, you know? I mean, he'll, he won't bat – I don't think he'll bat under 200 all year. Just It's it's just he'll – now's the time to get him. He's probably going to regress and, and start batting. Like like I said with Lindor, he might bat 230, 240 from the rest of the way out. So, yeah, now's the time to buy. I think he is a, a decent buy for sure. Yeah, and he's another one where the expected numbers by StatCast are much better. I mean, they're not – you know he's not going to hit 300, but he's his expected batting average is 222, which is almost 50 points higher than his batting average, and his slug is uh, a good uh, 45 points higher than his actual slug, his his expected slug is. So, um, you know he's another guy where the underlying numbers like it. And I know you made a point on our last show, I believe it was, about the fact that he's not stealing bases anymore, and that's a reason to maybe not love him as much and i think mm-hmm. that's true i mean he hasn't stolen a single base yet this year but um i will point out that he uh, he started to hit lead off again recently which for oh. for whatever reason um they had, they had not been hitting him lead off uh and i he just seems like the kind of guy that likes to be in that in that catbird seat you know what i mean like mm-hmm. uh he's been lead off now uh in his last six starts um after batting, you know, fourth, fifth in the lineup previously. So I think the Phillies are trying to <laughs> trying to get something going because they've they've been sort of a disappointing offense given how much talent they have in that lineup. And um, I think maybe getting Schorber uh, up in the leadoff spot uh, is, is going to help kickstart that a little bit. And, um, you know, we've seen these torrid hot streaks with him before. I mean, like, what you know, like I, what was it that he did with the uh, – with the Nationals, where he hit like it was twenty-five home runs in seventy-two games for, for the Nationals, you know, like yeah. I mean, these are the kind of things that he can do. So, like, he's got sixteen home runs in sixty-one games, which is hardly uh, shabby, but like he could still easily get to forty home runs. Oh yeah, for sure. I, li- I yeah, I definitely like him as a buy. Uh, I'll give you another one of mine, uh, kind of along the same lines as Lindor. It's another shortstop, another twenty-nine-year-old shortstop actually, and it's Dansby Swanson. Uh, we talked about Dansby Swanson a lot last year, and coming into this season, you know, moving over to the Cubs, new team, new ballpark, and it's been cold. It's been a lot of wind blowing in. We've talked about that a little bit before, um, and I just think like 
I was looking at his splits, and last year Dansby got off to a little bit of a slow start, especially in the power category, uh, even in Atlanta, and then he just picked things up. And I mean, he had a, ended up having a great season, hitting 25 home runs, nearly 100 runs in RBIs, uh, 18 stolen bases. So I would like to see him steal a little bit more. Same with Lindor, and I think he can. I think he's only been caught stealing once. He just has four stolen bases. So I do think if Swanson can start picking up the stolen bases a little bit, I think the power is going to come. And, you know, he's another guy who can hit for average. Like, he's only batting 260, uh, no, 266. And we've seen him bat, you know, 270 and higher. Uh, but he's probably hitting around where he is. But I just think, like, his value right now is low. I think his manager, whoever has him, is just kind of looking at him as, like, you know, there's plenty of other shortstops. So you could package maybe a lesser shortstop or depending on your team needs, maybe you trade away a, a better shortstop and get Dansby plus a, plus a pitcher or something like that. So I, I like Dansby as a buy. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had him last year and, and I kind of felt like, I don't know. I sort of felt like it was like the best it was ever going to be <laughs> with him last year, you know? And uh, I, the real question is like, yeah, being on the Cubs, it, it's going to hurt his run production numbers. Some, I think, um, and then it's just a question of how much he steals, because that 18 steals he had last year was a career high by quite a quite a large margin. You know, like he's yep. usually topped out at nine or ten, so like he's right on pace to maybe get to that nine or ten again. Um, so maybe he was in a contract year. Guys might, might steal more bases in a contract year. You know, um, yeah. So uh, he, I, I think he's a very solid player. If you need a shortstop, like he's not, he's like. You're, you know what you're going to get from him. You know, he's not going to fall flat on his face. And I agree right now his numbers are, like, a little bit lower than uh, than what they probably will be rest of season. So I can definitely see that one. Yeah, and with him, it really was about the power. I think the power is going to come because, like I said, his splits last year were very similar. So maybe it's just telling. Just maybe he's a little bit of a, a slow starter. So I, I kind of agree with you on the stolen bases. Maybe he is just kind of 10 or 12. But I think the power is coming. It's going to start warming up. That wind's going to be blowing out some of these games in Wrigley. So... Yeah, I think I, I think the bats look yeah. He's also drawn a lot of walks this year, so that's kind of sneaky valuable in points leagues. Yep. Uh, I'll name I'll give you one more high end one, Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, yep. he's got ten homers and nineteen steals, so like uh, like Vlad, he's another guy you're not really going to buy low on exactly, but he's hitting two thirty four, so that's def- that's kind of deflating his value some in a way that I think he can hit a lot higher than that. You know, I mean. Uh, his expected average is is 271. His expected slug is almost 100 points higher than his 417 mark. So, like, just based on the contact he's making now, uh, he should have better numbers than he does. Um, and I just think a guy with his speed, like, he isn't going to hit 234. I mean, he's only striking out 21.9% of the time. So, it's not like he's got a huge amount of swing and miss to his game. Like, guy that puts the ball in play as much as he does is going to hit for a higher average than that, even even if he does, you know, hit his fair share of, of fly balls. Um, you know, he's he's still going to hit significantly higher than that. I'd say, like, you know, the projection systems have him hitting in that, like, 260-ish range, I would say. Um, but, like, I think he could even do better than that, potentially. And uh, the fact that he's this valuable, even when he's hitting 234, just shows you how much of an absolute monster he could be if, if the batting average just rises, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 points. Yeah, I, I like it. Probably another guy kind of like Vlad, you know, high end where whoever, whoever drafted him, you know, they may not be ready, quite ready to give up on him. Uh, so you're going to have to 
you have to pay up for him but but still he not a buy low necessarily but like i get what you're saying he's a he's a buy not necessarily a buy low because like that manager is going to be you might have to pry him off of him you know <laughs> yeah but it's just sort of like if you you know i know people sometimes a lot of times look at like um you know the player rater like how much like how much value has a guy accrued so far this season you know and mm-hmm. you look at uh you look at bobby witt and like you can find other players who are in that um in that same group with him who are just clearly inferior you know i mean like um i'm not saying you could get him for like nolan gorman or something like that but like you know you could maybe get him for uh i don't know like um jonathan india or something like that i mean jonathan india has been better and i like jonathan india too but like he's not as good as bobby wood jr you know he's just not um so like or or josh young you know there's these other josh Lowe. there's a lot of these guys who are doing great but like i just think bobby wick can be even better than those guys okay well uh next guy on my list we can maybe go down to a little bit more a little lower if, if that's all your high-end guys i have some guys who are a little bit lower who you can get and uh one name who if we if we'd done this a couple weeks ago we probably would be talking about adding him off the waiver wire and it's josh naylor i know we've talked about him a little bit before on some other episodes of, of just guys like climbing up our rankings he's now 67 percent rostered so you know in a really shallow league you can just add him but you'd have to it'd have to be pretty shallow um but yeah his uh you know his expected batting average when i was putting the note together like a week ago it was like 40 points higher than his batting average now it's sort of come together a little bit maybe like 25 points um but yeah he's also playing against lefties a lot like i thought he would be more of a little bit more of a platoon player coming into the season um, but he's just 25 years old, you know, like his all his numbers, like his hard hit rate is like career high. His barrels are up, uh, launch angles, like up all this stuff, you know, all the underlying numbers, exit velocity, like just everything is up for Josh Naylor. And he had a huge game, I think earlier this week. So hopefully you can still kind of buy low on him, but I just, I think he's like an everyday, uh, player. I would have no problem plugging him into my lineup. Um, what do you think about Josh Naylor? Yeah, I like him. And, you know, I think when we talked about him a, a couple weeks ago, I think he was the number one player in terms of the discrepancy between his expected mm-hmm. stats and his actual stats. Um, and now that's already started to, to self-correct to a pretty yeah, it is. significant degree. And I think the reason for that is because he's the kind of player that can have these massive games, like you know, two homer, six RBI kind of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those kind of games get those stats to line up uh, in a hurry. But he still, even so, it's it's still doesn't quite have the numbers to match uh, the production that he gives you. And yeah, I mean, the guy's built like a tank, and he only strikes out sixteen percent <laughs> of the time. I mean, that's that's impressive combination. So yeah, I definitely like Josh Naylor. And he's already, I mean, he is just twenty five, but he's already on pace to have career highs if he can stay healthy. He already has four stolen bases, which is nice too. So not yep. a zero there. Yep. yep. And maybe the Guardians can start scoring some more runs, which would help him as, out as well. <laughs> absolutely yeah uh so another this is a not not as high end as the guys i was talking about before maybe a little higher end than josh naylor though uh wilson Contreras uh mm. of the cardinals is on my list he's only hitting 210 right now um but expected average is 257 again the slug about 100 points higher uh the expected slug about 100 points higher than the actual slug so Stackhouse loves what he's doing uh k rate is right around his career average 24 percent um, he's a 253 career hitter. So, 
that right there tells you there's some there's some positive regression that's going to come. Uh, he's actually already got five steals this season, which yeah. is sneaky impressive for a catcher. So, I mean, that's a huge thing right there. Um, walks a lot, so good in points leagues as well. Uh, you know, really, he's he's got seven home runs. So, uh, you know, he's on, on pace to fall short of his usual twenty low twenties home run total. But um, again, the stack has numbers like like what he's doing. So. I think he's going to, whether he gets to the, the 22 home runs he had last year or not, isn't really relevant. What's The question is, can he homer at a 22 homer pace from here going forward? And I absolutely think that he can. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, you know, I, I said first base is a bit of a wasteland. Like, catcher, obviously, is even more of a wasteland. So, like, this is a guy to me that could end up being easily a top five catcher. Uh, over the rest of the season, and it's probably not going to cost a ton to get him right now. I would agree; it won't cost a ton. I'll tell you this: I'm I'm in a ten t ten team, you know, very shallow league where it's a one catcher, and I traded for Dalton Varsho. And I, I'm telling you, I got Dalton Varsho at the right time because he's had a week, man. He has been just hitting home runs left and right, stole a base I think the other night. Um, but I dropped Wilson Contreras because as part of the, um, I actually added. Jordan Walker, who I'm going to talk about in a second too. Um, but in any event, I dropped him and no one picked him up. Now this is, a, again, 10-team, 10, 10 one-catcher type league, but people are not valuing him. Like I think, like I agree what you're saying. Like he could definitely bounce back. Like before the season started, I thought, this guy's going to finish as like the number six or seven fantasy catcher. He just will. And I still think that. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Even though I dropped him, um, but just the fact that no one picked him up in that league just shows you that you can definitely buy low on him in a like a 12 team, you know, or, or higher deeper league. Yeah, and the fact that you had you had acquired Varsho, I mean, it's it's hard to justify uh, rostering two catchers most of the time. Yeah. but I mean Wilson Contreras, yeah, I mean he's right now he's about the catcher 10, and I think by the end of the year he's probably going to be closer to catcher five. Yep. So I'm going to mention his teammate real quick. You know, I, I love Jordan Walker coming into the season. I still love him. Uh, he's 66% rostered. I know, I know lately, you know, the last couple of days, all the buzz has been about Ellie De La Cruz and rightfully, rightfully so the dude just looks awesome, right? He looks the part of just like this great prospect, but we were talking about Jordan Walker in that way, you know, a couple of months ago, and I haven't really lost faith in Jordan Walker. Maybe I'm being a little bit dumb about it. I don't know, but I'm just, I think he was sent down a little bit prematurely from the minors. I don't know what they were doing, like to work on his swing or whatever. But the guy was only batting like he was batting like two seventy four. Like all the Cardinals were struggling. He got sent down. Well, he's back. He's still just sixty six percent rostered. So hmm. if you're in a shallow league, you might even still be able to add him, similar to like a Josh Naylor. But I would try to buy low on him um, if you can. Uh, someone who maybe just held on to him, stashed him, you know, in a league, depending on what type of league you're in. I still believe in Jordan Walker as this really elite prospect who's a five-tool player, and you can play him at third and outfield, which is just an added bonus. Yeah. No, I mean, I love the talent. Um, you know, it's always hard in redraft leagues because you just <laughs> – you're not going to get the ben- the true benefit of, uh, of him if he, you know, fully breaks out. I mean, you will to some extent, but there's also just kind of random <laughs> players on the waiver wire that might end up being comparable. Um, sure. And, you know, the if I knew he was going to just be in the lineup the rest of the season, I'd, I'd be very excited about him because I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that the, the Cardinals kind of mismanaged him uh, by uh, sending him down and asking him to work on some things he didn't need to work on, and they basically just gave up on that plan and said – uh, just come back up and do what you were doing <laughs> because yeah. uh, I mean, they've had a lot of injuries in the outfield. I mean, they've right now they've got 
Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbar, and Tyler O'Neill all on the IL. So, like, yep. my, my only concern is, like, if those guys come back, what's going to happen? Because this is just a team that hasn't exactly shown loyalty to youth the way that you would necessarily want to see, you know? And um, yep. I just sort of wonder. I mean, like, Nolan Gorman has emerged this year, but it, it, it took a while because they kind of slow played their hand with him. Uh, they have a lot of veterans on this roster. I mean, they're still putting guys like Alec Burleson in the lineup and Paul DeYoung and Tommy Edmond. So once those other outf- injured outfielders come back, I am a little worried that he won't play every day or, like, could even get sent down again. I mean, I don't know which option is worse from a redraft perspective. Like, you might just rather he get sent down so you move on rather than, like, wasting a, a bench spot um, on him if you're in a weekly league or something like that, you know? So I, I would definitely – pick him up and i would hope that he's just so good that the the cardinals have to play him but i just yeah that's just the one it's kind of like we talk about with fantasy football all the time like do we trust the coach you know and yep. it's like this is the team where i don't really trust ali marmal and that coaching staff to like give him the consistent playing time he deserves like it's been frustrating with a lot of different cardinals this year in terms of how often they get into the lineup i mean even wilson Contreras, who i was talking about before there was a while where he was DHing and that was causing other other problems in terms of guys not getting in the lineup. So it's been it's been a little bit of a headache. That's a, that's the one sort of wet blanket I'd throw on it. But sixty six percent rostered is ridiculous. I mean, like he could yeah. be he could he could be a league winner if things really click for him. Yep, I think your point is exactly right. And my hope is that he has a great June uh, and forces their hand. And so when these guys come back, he they find a way to keep Jordan Walker up because he's playing so well. But yeah, if he doesn't, then this could be wrong. But I think like looking looking for a good trade partner, maybe you can trade them a young guy. Like maybe if you added Andrew Abbott, let's say, who's like fifty percent rostered or so, and they need they maybe trade a young pitcher for a young hitter if that's what your team needs. Maybe they line up something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Something like that could make sense because it's like okay, you've got good prospect here, good prospect there, and maybe it's just a team need thing. Yeah, or or if you find that like one of the guys we'll talk about is sells maybe. Yeah, somebody that's kind of like playing over their head, um, like a veteran who we we kind of just know what they are. Like maybe you could work something like that. Oh yeah, I've got some of those. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, why don't we talk just a few buy, uh, buys as pitchers? Because I've I have some on my list. I don't know if sure. you do, but um, Logan Gilbert is one who like I mean his numbers are pretty good, but like they should be even better. I mean he's got a three eighty ERA, but. XERA is 298, XFIP 328. Um, his strikeout to walk ratio is just awesome. I mean, 10.01K per nine, 1.65 walk per nine. Those are just wonderful numbers. Pitches in a great pitching environment. Um, so, you know, you could say like his BABIP allowed is a little bit on the low side, but like um, by the same token, his strand rate uh, is really low, 63%. So, like, he's been letting in a lot of runs that probably don't aren't going to necessarily score against him uh, over the rest of the season. So like this is the guy that, ha- you know, he was a, he was a well-regarded prospect and um, I feel like it got a little messy just because he and George Kirby kind of came up at the same time and people didn't really know which of them was, was the real deal. Um, but I think it's Logan Gilbert. And I think that, uh, that he could actually emerge as a bona fide ace. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I actually don't have uh, any pitchers and buys, so if you want to, if you want to do it, throw another pitcher out there, go for it. I do have one more, but if you want to throw another pitcher or two, go ahead. Okay, well, you know, I, 
I was going to mention the two Phillies guys, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Um, Zach Wheeler mm-hmm. actually pitched tonight and pitched really well. So maybe yeah. that makes him a little bit less uh, of a buy. But still, I mean, I still think he's a buy. And I think Nola is a buy too, because these are both guys that just have amazing track records of being awesome. And they've got underlying numbers that uh, suggest that, that they should be better than than their surface stats suggest. So, like, it's, a, it's kind of a twofer, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of reason... Uh, to like what these guys are doing. And I know Nola, the kind of the strikeouts were down, um, but I believe those have been trending back in, in a good direction recently. Um, and they've always been good for Wheeler all season. So, like, uh, yeah, I mean, Nola struck out 12 guys in his last start. So, like, um, yeah. you know, I the buy window could already be shutting <laughs> just based on what Nola did his last time out and what Wheeler has done tonight. But, um, but the overall numbers are still just kind of meh for both of them. So uh, those are two guys I would absolutely be trying to get because I, I feel like they both have top 20 starting pitcher potential. Okay. Well, I'll, you know, I have a couple guys, a couple pitchers in my, my ad section, but since they're borderline, I'll go ahead and mention them here anyway. Uh, and that's the couple pitchers for the guardians. I almost said Indians <laughs> guardians. <laughs> and that's the young guys, Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. So these guys are right around 50% rostered and, you know, Aaron Savale is back up, but uh, Quantrill's, uh, I can't remember what happened with him, if he's, if he's injured or just got sent down because he's terrible. Um, but, like, Shane Bieber's been struggling. There's been talk of maybe they want to trade him. I, I think there's going to be room for these two guys. Uh, and as far, like, for right now, they're pitching well. They're not, we're not seeing, like, lights out stuff with these double-digit Ks like you're talking about, um, you know, start after start or anything. But I really like their stuff, and I think they're just way too low of, ros- like, the roster ship. So, depending on how deep your league is and stuff like you might just be able to add them again if you're in like a 10 or even a 12 um but yeah i think you should they should be rostered and maybe even you know throw them in in a trade i think they're both buys oh i i completely agree and i don't know why they're not rostered more i actually just picked up logan allen um a few days ago because chris sale got hurt and i yeah realized i was gonna need some more pitching and i was like man i not only <laughs> i mean not only was i able to get him uh, i was also able to get uh tyler wells from the Orioles. So like, nice. I, I feel like I added two great pitchers just that were sitting there on the waiver wire in a 12 team league. I, I, I was very pleased. It made, it made the pain of, of uh, losing sale go away pretty quickly. So um, yeah. yeah. So I totally agree. Both those, those guardian uh, pitchers are, are very talented and they're both off to very strong starts. I mean, you know, I, I just feel like there've been so many young pitchers that have got called up this year that some of these guys get lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. But those those two are guys that maybe they're not fantasy aces, but number three fantasy starters. Like I think they can both um, potentially do that rest of season. And let me give you. I only have one more buy, and it's it's a it's a quick hitter. Um, and you know, I'm not saying like I feel like you're buying low, but you also could be buying what a breakout season that could still be happening, and that's Jared Kelnick. Uh, he's now down to 83% rostered. He is he has struggled. Like you know, he he got off to a really hot start. He was batting over 300, you know, through April and had seven home runs and he's cooled off. You know, in May, he had just three home runs, batting 250. He's his, if you look at his splits, it's, it's weird, like how he does much better against lefties. Uh, you know, he's a left-handed batter, uh, struggles more against righties. But from what we saw, like his, his managers, I think are souring on him. His roster ship is dipping and I would buy the dip. I'm not saying like give a whole bunch up for him, but I just, you know, maybe just feel it out and see what the other person's looking for. Because you might just be able to trade like 
a middle of the road closer or something if someone needs saves or something if if a team has plenty of outfielders. So I'm I'm buying the dip on Jared Kelnick. All right. Well, this is interesting because this you mentioned it at the top. Maybe we would have <laughs> something like this. I have him as a sell. So okay. Yeah, I think Jared Kelnick is a sell. Uh, I just look at the numbers and man. His strikeout rate now is all the way up to 32.6%, which is very, very high. And it's just about what it was last season. Uh, yep. You know, the difference is last season he had a 167 BABIP. This season he's got a 370 BABIP. Uh, that's one of the highest BABIPs in all of baseball. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's certainly been better than he was last season. But, um, I, I mean, he's hit, you know... If he's hitting the ball harder than he did last season. But again, uh, I'd have to look at the splits on that because I feel like most of that was during a hot streak of a couple weeks in April, you know? And mm. um, I don't know. I just, I I still feel like he's got so much swing and miss in his game that that could ultimately uh, derail him. So um, I, I don't, I don't know. I like, I find uh, this last month to be pretty discouraging for him because it's just, shows the same kind of failings that he was having last season. And um, I, it, like last season, we saw it snowball on him, you know? So I wonder if it's going to snowball on him again. Yeah, no, this is this is good. I, I knew we, I had a feeling we were going to have one or two of these. And this is a good one because your points are valid. Like he's, the strikeout rate is climbed way up, like you said. Um, I'm just, it's it, this is really like a glass half empty, half full situation. And I just think like, you really are buy, like buy the dip. Don't like pay up for it, but like I just think his managers are they're going to be ready to cut him in a week. So maybe you can just wait it out another week. But you know, at what point do you wait it out? What if he starts turning it around? Then you have to pay more for him. So I just think like you might be able to really buy low on him because I think his managers are are almost ready to cut him in shallow leagues. <laughs> yeah, as always, it comes down to the price. You know, I just I guess I sort of feel like in a in a redraft league like how big is the, is the benefit really? I mean, I, you know, it's kind of like in a keeper league, uh, if you can buy low, that's, that's interesting. Cause maybe if he yeah. does, if he does turn it around, then you might've found gold struck gold, you know, but like um, in a redraft league, like I, I don't know, man, in a 10 or 12 team league, I mean, there's probably just dudes sitting on the waiver wire who could easily be just as, as useful as him, you know, like, I'm just I'm trying to think what kind of names are available in my league. I mean, like JD Davis is a guy who's just like sitting on the waiver wire in my league and you know, I like I I could easily see him being a more valuable player than Kelnick. I mean, he's not going to give you the steals, but like I just yeah. I think I trust his batting average more. I think he might have a little bit more power or at least comparable power. So or a guy like Joey Weimer who's like uh, you know, I mean, this is like more of a deep ad but i love joey weimer as an ad and uh yeah he, he you know hit two home runs last night to boost his stats up a little bit but he's you look at his minor league stats and they're like <laughs> really impressive i mean he he has like 20 30 season last season in the minors and he had a 30 uh, close to a 30 30 season i believe the year before that um so like the upside that we see with kelnick like a guy like joey weimer might have just as much upside and he's actually hot right now he is high right now. But yeah, and he's only like 10% rostered last I looked. He's on my ad list as well. So, no, I mean, you make good points. We're going to agree to disagree on this one, and we'll revisit it in a month. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'll just throw out a couple more pitchers as buys um, just really quickly. Uh, Pablo Lopez of the Twins, another guy who he got off to a great start this season and then um, <laughs> has hit some rough times uh, recently. 
And that's yeah. always when the buy window opens, right? When a guy has a, a blow up start or two. Um, he was actually good his last time out, but uh, he had a couple really rough starts. Um, actually, three pretty rough starts uh, prior to that from mid May until early June. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, even with the good start yesterday against Tampa Bay, um, I still think uh, he could be a bit of a buy because his ERA is at 4.25 right now. Whip is 114. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hasn't. They're not bad numbers, but like they don't fully match how good he's been. I mean, his XERA 3.44, XFIP 3.63, big K rate, reasonable walk rate. Um, you know, for this guy, it's really just about health. I mean, for him, I mean, he yep. was quite good last year, even better uh, the year before that. So um, he he feels like a value to me right now. And then Joe Musgrove is the other one, like. He's yeah. also got an ERA over four right now, but his XERA is three twelve. Um, his K uh, rate is right in line with last year, even if it's a little down from uh, the previous year. Um, but uh, you know, walk rate's up a little bit, um, but I think that comes back down. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, Babbitt's a little inflated at the moment, and uh, this is another guy. It's kind of like um, what you were talking about, uh, Francisco Lindor. It's like you just you you know the track record with Joe Musgrove, like. He's he hasn't had an ERA over four since 2019, uh, so like he's going to post uh, a better ERA than that going forward. Yep, I'm with you. I love Joe Musgrove. Uh, he's he's sort of like a a mid middle to higher end like boring pitcher for me that I I always seem to have in fantasy, and now is a good time to buy him. I think he even pitched pretty well a night or two ago in a loss. Um, so he really doesn't he hasn't had like that big start yet that I feel like he'll have and. You know, he had. A, I feel like he had a stretch last year where he was just really solid. And yeah, Lopez, I agree with you. The the concerns coming into the season were like, well, he's had shoulder issues before, but when he plays, he's really good. So agree. Nice time to buy him. Yep. All right. So why don't we move on to some of our sells then? Sure. I mean, I've got I've got quite a few pitchers, uh, like veteran pitchers, and just like kind of overperforming pitchers on my list of sells. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've got some. Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have some overlap there. We might. Um, I'll start with maybe the highest end of the who I think is probably a sell, and that's Tony Gonsolin. Um, he is, I mean, regression is coming for him. You know, his, if you look at his expected ERA, his BABIP, I mean, it's just he's going to regress. He's playing above his head, and now you could have said the same thing for him last year, I suppose, and he just ended up being a pretty solid pitcher. But, like, his K rate is so low. I just don't think, I know he plays for the Dodgers, but I think this is even more reason to just sell him. Like, he's got the name. Uh, he's got the team, you know, the win potential and all this. I just think Gonsolin is just not that good. And I, I would sell him as long as you can get, like, really good value. Like, don't just sell him to sell him. But I just think, you know, his numbers look pretty good, and he plays for the Dodgers. Uh, so what do you think about that as far as a sell? Yep, he's on my list. <laughs> nice. I mean, I think it, he has to be just based on what you're talking about with the with the numbers. I would also point out that um, – it seems like his velocity is a, a bit down this season. Um, not not like dramatically so, but a little bit down from last year, which was down a little bit from the year before. So it's just kind of yeah. like a negative trend um, with him. And the, the K rate has declined alongside that. Um, so like, you know, back in 2021, he had a 10.51 K per nine. I mean, that was a great, great mark. Last year, yep. dipped to 8.22. Now it's at 6.64. I mean, that's like 
really, really bad. And the walk rate is very high at 3.54. I mean, guys yeah. that have less than a 2-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio are, like, really not pitching well. I, there's no way to spin that, I think, uh, as pitching well. Um, you know, the good the good news, of course, like you said, he does pitch for the Dodgers. He does have a 247 career ERA and 313 and a third innings. So, like, maybe this is a guy who just kind of overperforms his peripherals. I mean, he's done it basically every uh, – he has done it every season of his career. The, the mm-hmm. problem is the peripherals are markedly worse this year than they have been in any yes. other year of his career. So, like – he's overperforming his peripherals by a lot this year, like in an unsustainable way. So like, yeah, I mean, he's, his ERA is going to rise at least a run uh, and maybe, maybe two runs the way he's pitching right now, even in that favorable environment. So, uh, you know, I don't ever want to overreact to eight starts. It is only eight starts, but like just the trends uh, with him are, are worrisome, I think. Yep. All right. Good. Glad. Glad we're glad we're on the same page with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a feeling we might have a couple more here because I have I have some kind of on the on the same lines. But you go ahead. I, I gave you I gave us Gonsolin. Who's next on your list? Okay. Well, I think what I'm gonna do. I'm looking something up really quickly. I'm gonna start with a guy who might be the the number one pitcher right now in terms of in terms of actual uh, production. Um, oh. And that's Nate Evaldi. Oh yep. man, he's, okay. He's, he's currently the number one pitcher in twelve in five by five <laughs> leagues. <laughs> so, like, I like Nate Evaldi. Don't get me wrong; he's <laughs> this very solid pitcher. But like, he is pitching way over its head. I mean, this is a thirty-three-year-old pitcher who has never in his entire career, which began in twenty eleven, had an ERA finished a season with an ERA under. 339 uh, and that was back in 2013 <laughs> that he did that um, he uh, you know has never had a K rate over 10 batters per nine right now it's at 8.63 he's got mm-hmm. really pinpoint control I'll give him that uh, and that's kind of why he has the lasting power I think like that you know he he doesn't hurt him he doesn't shoot himself in the foot with walks and that helps a yep. lot but right now uh, his his home run per nine rate is 0.34. Last year it was 1.73. <laughs> For his yeah. career it's a 0.96. But like if you look at most of those low numbers were from very early in his career. I mean from 2016 uh, till now he's only had one season where it was less than uh, one uh, home run per nine innings. So like that's fluky. Like that's gonna come up. And uh, he is generating more ground balls, I guess, which is helpful, but not enough so to explain that. Um, so, like, I, he he's like the kind of player that's a back-end fantasy starter, and right now he's the number one fantasy starter. So, like, that to me is the definition of a sell, even though the Rangers are obviously a great team for run support. So, like, he's got eight wins. Uh, he'll probably set a, a career high in wins. I mean, his career high previously was 14, so... Like, he's on pace to just crush that number, but, like, he's still not going to win games at the current pace that he's at. Um, I just, I don't, like, his his underlying numbers are kind of similar to what they always have been, but the but the surface stats are just completely uh, out of whack with that. Yeah, I guess, I guess my only concern is, like, what can you actually get for him? But if you can sell high, like, if, if people are looking at him like, wow, he's having a great season, I really need pitching, 
Sure. I was just looking at Yahoo. Like they have like a little trade market uh, analyzer where you can see or where you can see actual trades. I guess that have happened in leagues. Mm-hmm. A couple one for ones: Ivaldi for Masataka Yoshida, Ivaldi uh, for Kenley Jansen. So you've got some uh, probably Red Sox fans who are making some trades with Ivaldi, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I- here, here's another one though: Ivaldi and Nico Horner for Vlad Jr. and Merrill Kelly. Woo-hoo! Yes, please. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yeah, <laughs> like if that if that's a trade that actually happened, like yeah, we just got done talking about Vlad. So yeah, I mean, if you can turn some pitching into one of these guys we were talking about, maybe you know on the buy uh, side, then then sure, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, you might be able to get like Zach Wheeler for for Nate Evaldi, you know? You might, yeah, if you can, or Aaron upgrade. Nola. Like, I mean, if you like, if you could get those guys for him, that's just to me such a slam dunk. Yep, do it. Um, yeah. I've got. I've got some other veterans who haven't quite done quite as well, um, like as Ivaldi, but still, like I just feel like they're kind of pitching above their head. And I mean, I'll just give you, I'll give you a couple of them: Marcus Stroman yep, and Miles Mikolas. He's Mikulis. next on my list too. <laughs> yeah, and Miles Mikolas, which I don't think I don't think you're fooling anyone with Miles Mikolas, but you never know if some like he's 76 percent rostered. But again, like you talked about Gonsolin with the, with the strikeout rate. Miklas is the same. I mean, it's it's right there. There's not much there in the K department, and his expected ERA is way higher. You know, last year he had a he had a lot of wins, and Stroman. I mean, he's 92 percent rostered, so people are looking at him. I know I'm not a weatherman, but you know, I was just talking about how Dansby Swanson I think is a buy. I do think that like the colder weather, the wind has really helped you know suppress you know some of uh, Stroman's numbers, and yeah, like the his Babbitt's his Babbitt is going to climb. There's going to be some more dingers uh, at Wrigley. So I just think like Stroman is just, he, he can't, I've always liked Stroman. You know, I like the person. I've liked the player, like when he was pitching in like the World Baseball Classic and stuff like that back in the day. But yeah, I, I would, uh, if you can find a trade partner who needs some pitching and they, you know, maybe they like Stroman too. So I, I would sell him if you can. Absolutely. I <laughs> No doubt in my mind about this one. Um, I mean, he's more valuable in like uh, a points league where, um, the strikeout rate isn't as important. Um, he's always been helpful in ERA. I mean, that's something that like he he is year in and year out. But even there, I mean, right now he's at two thirty nine. Uh, that would easily be his best ERA of his career. Um, you know, he's usually a a low threes ERA guy, which is still yeah. very good. But the problem is that's kind of the only place he really helps you. I mean, he's not a guy that uh, gives you a, a super great whip i mean the last two years 115 which is a lot better than it was earlier in his career um Mm -hmm. but it's still not ace level you know um by by any stretch um and doesn't give you the strikeouts like his walk rate's actually up this year so like i could see his whip uh, if he doesn't get the walk rate down a little bit i could see his his whip being higher than 115 rest of season um yeah and then he's already got six wins this season um for the cubs i mean like you know that's that's a little bit uh, fluky. I mean, the Cubs are a bottom half team in the league. Uh, last year uh, with the Cubs, he had six wins in 25 starts. This year, he's got six wins in 13 starts. So that's something that's kind of artificially inflating his value as well. Yep, for sure. And I was just again kind of I'm trying to look and see what kind of trades have been made. Marcus Stroman for David Bednar. I oh, like yeah. that. Like it. You know, like high-end closer. Like if you could make something like that happen, sure. Absolutely. I mean, right now Stroman is a top ten uh, starting pitcher in five by five leagues. So yeah, I think you can get decent value for him. Mikolas, 
I just don't really think you can get anything for him. I mean, he's just a guy. I don't either. You kind of, to me, he's really a streamer anyway. <laughs> so like, you know, if he's going well, you can use him for a while, but like, I wouldn't be afraid to cut him um, if he, if he starts struggling. Yep. I would agree on Mikolas. Yep. Um, so some other buys or some, I'm sorry, some other sells um, for me. Uh, I would say Sonny Gray is a sell. Mm. Um, and uh, like Sonny Gray is a, a solid pitcher, you know, like um, he's probably, you know, he's, he's probably about as good as Nate Evaldi. I mean, he might be better than Nate Evaldi uh, the rest of the <laughs> I think season. So. Yeah. I mean, prior to the season, I'd say he was definitely better than Nate Evaldi, but um yeah, I, I don't know. the way, What I look at with Sonny Gray, I mean, I think the home run to fly ball rate jumps out to me. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's 1.9%. He's given up 0.13 home runs so far this season. I think that means he's probably given up one home run uh, in <laughs> right. 67 innings uh, this season. And, you know, that's that's not sustainable. I mean, like, that's that is going to correct in a big way. Um, his strand rate is also right now a career high 80.6%. So that's suppressing runs as well. Um, these, you know, these things show up in, in the underlying numbers. His, you know, X ERA, X FIP are 369, 352, actually ERA 215. So, um, you know, I just think he's kind of at his peak right now. Um, and it's going to, he's still going to be a solid pitcher, but like we've seen ups and downs with Sonny Gray and like, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like now he's at the top of the mountain. So, like, this is a good time to trade him because he could easily hit a really rough stretch, you know, and and end up uh, finishing with, like, a high threes ERA um, when all is said and done. Yeah, and we've seen some injuries with him last couple of seasons too, but I didn't have him on my list for any of these, but I, I'll disagree a little bit with you. Like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sell Sonny Gray if I had him uh, just because, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about the home runs. Like, they'll, they're, they're probably coming. And that ERA will climb, but if you look at his ERA like the last five seasons, I mean he's he's had an ERA under three, uh, and at three eight three point oh eight last year. Both of those times the X ERA was you know above three five, so he has kept it below like in the last like five years his ERA is right around like kind of low threes. So he might he'll probably settle. No, in he right had a three seventy a four nineteen. I don't know. Yeah, I'm saying if you if you average like the last five seasons of his ERA. It's probably like around three five when you say yeah yeah three five yeah. yeah so like I think like he might settle in three point two to three point four or somewhere this year you know even if he just regresses a little bit this season so but in the he, strikeout rate if he finishes is, there what is he giving you the rest of season though I mean that's true I, he could regress a little bit and so rest of season could be a little bit a little bit worse but you know his his strikeout per nine is nine point five uh, so just a very different. Uh, sell versus some of these other guys we're talking about who don't have that strikeout potential and stuff too yeah i mean i just think like you look at he's got a 215 era right now and you know it's just like kind of it kind of jumps out at you a little bit you know so i just i I don't know i I feel like i don't know maybe he's not it depends what you can get for him obviously but like i mean he's he's got comparable numbers to like Corbin Burns right now. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's not that I hate Sonny Gray. I just look at him the same way that I did coming into the season. And I feel like some other people might look at him in a different light than they did coming into the season. If that makes sense. Well, let me give you, uh, do you want to get into some hitters to to sell? Uh, Just one other pitcher. I'll mention Bryce Elder. Um, Oh yeah. You know, I think he's a really strong sell. I mean, his, he's another guy with, you just look at the, uh, the strand rate. 
I think that that kind of just tells the story. I mean, that's just strand rate is there's a lot of noise in that stat. Like it's not predictive really, you know, and his right now is 86.3%. So that's extremely high uh, strand rate, um, which is really suppressing uh, his ERA. And that's why it's at 226 when his X ERA is at 416. Um, mm-hmm. Not a huge strikeout guy. Uh, pretty iffy minor league track record. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like he looks right now like a every week starter, but like I'm not sure he's going to be that all season. Yeah. And he's a good one, too. Like when I was talking about like, I mean, I would I would trade like if you wanted a guy like Jordan Walker, who I was talking about earlier, like as a buy, I would absolutely trade uh, Elder because people might lump him in that category with the the Taj Bradleys and the, you know, Ruiz and these guys who are kind of young, up and coming, but he just doesn't have those same kind of numbers uh, that these other young guys do. Even an Andrew Abbott, like I think Andrew Abbott probably will be better rest of the season than Elder as well. We'll see. Yeah, that's a that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> right. I mean, that's one, we've seen one start from him, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's um, do some some hitters that we would sell. We uh, I would sell Kelnick, but we already talked about that. Who else do you have on your list? <laughs> I have I have one on here who's interesting, but again, it's like what can you get for him? I, one one for me is Luis Arias, and this might be controversial because the guy's batting over four hundred right now, um, which is awesome, and he's on Sports Center, and that only to me like makes him more of a you know trade him away. You know he's he's in the news, um, but that's like that's all he's got, man, is average and is. XBA is like three. Last I looked, I had a note that it was 331. It might be up a little bit more than that, but there's just not much else there other than batting average, you know? So even the runs, you know, RBIs, stolen bases, whatever, home runs, I think he has one. Um, So there's just not much there for like a categories league. Now, if you really like that average, okay, but like I would, I would have no problem trading him, trading him away. Yeah, I, this is one I'm I'm looking up the uh, trade market right now because <laughs> I'm <laughs> curious what you can get for him. I mean, generally speaking, you can almost get nothing for players like Luis Arias typically. Um, but right. I mean, maybe there's a maybe there's a difference just because he is hitting over 400. Maybe maybe it's actually um, making that difference. I mean, this this trade is absurd. Luis Arias and Peter Strzelecki, who I don't even know who that is. <laughs> For Marcus Simeon. <laughs> if you can do that, please do. Uh, Luis Arias and Joey Weimer for Manny Machado and Emmanuel Class A. That's ridiculous. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, that's if you can crazy. do trades like that, yes. Here's one. Luis Arias and Sonny Gray for Eloy Jimenez, who I know you love. Kyle Tucker, oh, yeah. who everyone loves. And Luis Robert. <laughs> these are these can't be real trades. Are these real trades? These must be the most casual leaks. You, this is on Yahoo. I would... I would think these are these sound more like ESPN trades to me. Yeah, that that <laughs> does seem a little crazy. And and some of these could be like dynasty trades or keeper league trades. Or you, I guess you never know what else uh, might be going that, on. It doesn't. I mean, none of those would make sense in a dynasty or keeper context either. <laughs> Unless someone just really loves Joey Weimer. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I was skeptical you could trade Luis Arias for anything, but maybe maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes it's just about like. You know, there's a lot of buzz around him right now, right? I mean, I've been watching Sports Center this week, uh, and he's all over the place. So, it, so, just like I was saying with Tony Gonsolin, you know, playing for the Dodgers and stuff, it's like sometimes it's just like sell the name, sell. Sometimes people will buy that stuff. So, yeah, there's just not much else there for Arias. Yeah, no, I would. I mean, if you can get anything of value for him, I absolutely would trade him because uh, these one-dimensional batting average guys are pretty much my least favorite type of fantasy asset because 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the minute, like, batting average, it's hard to maintain that. I mean, he's always going to be a plus batting average guy, but, like, 400 is a, another level of plus, you know? Like, he could hit yeah. 320, which would be great for mere mortals, but given that he does nothing else, like, if he hits 320, he's not a useful player for your fantasy team. Right, like, how much have you moved down guys like Jeff McNeil and Stephen Kwan? And, like, those guys, I like, whenever I update my rankings, I'm, I'm constantly, like, kind of moving them down because I'm just like, well, these guys are boring. Like, they have good average and what else, right? I had them low to begin with. I mean, you know, yeah. Kwan, like, uh, he the hope there was that he would steal a lot of bases, I guess. That's kind of, like, yep. the main selling point for him as opposed to those other guys. We, um, and he does have 10 steals so far this year, so that helps a little bit. But still, like, so little power that, uh, like, he's he's on the waiver wire in my 12-team league, and, and nobody is rushing out to get him. Yep. All right. Um, you got a hitter? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll start with high end. Um, how about sure. Luis Robert? I think, oh, yeah. I think Luis Robert is a is a potential sell. Um, I think he might have hit his 14th home run tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, let me see. But whether he did or not, uh, and he did, and he stole a base tonight too. It's only his sell third high. steal of the year, <laughs> though. That's that's the thing. I mean, like, yeah, he's not stealing much, and. Uh, he's striking out a whole lot, 29.1% K rate right now, uh, which is uh, the, easily the worst that he's had since uh, his rookie season in 2020, which, of course, was the COVID year. Um, so, yeah, I, the, the combination of the, the strikeouts and the lack of steals concern me, and the injury history also really concerns me. I mean, he's never played over 100 games in a season, mm-hmm. so... Like you combine all those things together, like he could, um, he could, you know, he's hitting 260 right now. And like if he keeps striking out as much as he is now, like I think that's more likely to go down than up. And then if he's not stealing bases, and you know, he, it's all just about the power, basically. I mean, he also has a fair number of runs and RBIs. And I, you know, I don't know if that's going to be able to fully uh, keep up as well. Like, I mean, he's on pace for close to 40 home runs uh right now and i i don't see him getting quite that high so um yeah i i just uh i think i would cash out on Luis robert and say thank you for your service yeah i, I like that one and another guy who's pretty injury prone this is way further down the list so not a, not a high-end guy i don't have too many like really high-end guys for sales um but giancarlo stanton he's now back off the il sell him while he's healthy that's <laughs> that's yeah. all i have to say about Gian- and he's 92% rostered. So this is not like some guy who's 80, 70% rostered. Like people have him on their teams. They've got him back off Yankee the IL. Yankee bias. Yeah. Yankee bias. Yes, all that. And I mean, this guy hit 211 last year. Yeah, he hit 31 home runs, but like he struggled at the plate. And, uh, you know, he, he's a, I mean, the guy hit, smashes the ball. And so, like, hopefully in the next week, he stays healthy and has both of his hamstrings intact and, and hits like a couple home runs and you can sell him. But that's what I would do. I would try to sell him. Yeah, no, makes sense. Um, next up on my list is uh, Nick Castellanos, who I feel like I'm always a little lower than the consensus on Nick Castellanos. Uh, right now he's hitting 315, but his BABIP is 400, <laughs> which I think mm, might yeah. be number one in all of baseball. Uh, so mm-hmm. um, that's that batting average is going to is going to come down. Um you know his uh, his expected average is 275, which is fine, but it's not mm-hmm. 315. Uh, slug is at 496. Expected slug 455. Uh, 
you know, I just, I guess he's kind of like the one Philly that's actually overperforming um, right now. And uh, even so, I mean, he's only got seven home runs. Like, you know, maybe he'll get to 20, maybe. Um, doesn't steal a ton of bases either. Uh, so really that batting average is also inflating his run and RBI totals. Uh, you know, so the BABIP is kind of boosting him in those three categories and uh, making him seem like a better player than he is. I mean, overall, you look at his career and like he's had plenty of solid seasons, but he's he's never really been a fantasy stalwart except in 2021. That was really the only season that he really, really moved the needle. So I'm, I'm willing to bet against him being that player again this year. Yeah, I mean, he had some – yeah, he was in Cincinnati playing half his games there. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to like totally disagree with you here because you're right about the numbers. Like he, he's going to regress a little bit likely but you're right it's like every time i every time i look up Cassianos is getting hits he started actually hitting some home runs so i've actually moved him up my rankings a bit and you and i do have we're a little bit different on him i think he's out he might even be outside your top 100 but he's well up there for me so um he's not necessarily a sell for me but you know your points are your points are taken and and valid i just i wouldn't sell him personally i haven't been 87 so i'm I'm not hating on him i to me he's he's a similar kind of sell to sunny gray like the bottom's yeah. not going to fall out. Like they'll be useful players, but like they're still at the peak of their value, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Well, I th- I don't think you're going to give me any pushback on Matt Chapman here. He's <laughs> on my list, <laughs> right? Um, 94% rostered, hitting well above his average. Regression's coming for him. It's kind of slowly. We've already started to kind of see it, but like, I mean, he was like the best player in baseball for the first like three or four weeks. You know, looking at his numbers, but. It's starting to slow down, but I think you can still sell on Matt Chapman because this guy is like, you know, just a like I could see him batting like 200 rest of the season and maybe having like 10 home runs. So it's just it's very scary with what you might get rest of the season out of Matt Chapman. So I think you got to sell high if you can. Oh, uh, you know, I agree. I mean, I guess the yeah. only ish- thing I would take issue with is can you still sell high on him? Because he's been hitting over the right. last month. He's hitting 188 uh, yep. with three home runs and nine RBIs. So What I would do, (laughs) I mean, I would never have him on my roster to begin with, but (laughs) if I did hypothetically have him on my roster, what I would do is wait for him to have like a two home run game or something like that and then try to trade him. Yeah, again, I shouldn't even be looking at like Yahoo, I think, but like what's funny is Matt Chapman for Luis Arias. That's pretty funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Matt Chapman for Logan Gilbert, like, oh, yeah. Like if you can get a pitcher, like you you were just talking about Logan Gilbert uh, as a buy, I believe, weren't you? So. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. That would be a, a big slam dunk. Yep. Um, another for me, Lourdes Gurriel. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, he's just not a special player. I'm sorry. Like, he's 20, was he 29 years old, I think? Or, yeah, 29 years old. Um, you know, his his career high in home runs is 21. Um, he's never stolen more than six bases in a season, and that was back in 2019. Uh, he's a decent batting average guy, but like, you know, not Luis Arias. <laughs> I mean, right. like he, he might hit 290 or something like that uh, when all is said and done. Um, but right now he's at 310 and he's at nine home runs. I, I feel like those, both of those numbers are like at their peak. Um, you know, his uh, his slugging percentage right now is at uh, 550 and his expected slugging is only 465. So like he's not making the level of contact to support um, the amount of uh, power that he's shown so far. 
So, and like to me, he's he's gonna end up being a pretty borderline player to roster. But right now, you could probably get a uh, a solid starter for him. All right. Well, that's all the sells for me. We're past the hour mark. If you've got any others, uh, sh- shoot them off, and then we can get into some ads and drops. Yeah, we can we can move on. That's probably enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, so why don't we go, why don't we try to go through the ads a little quicker? Um, sure. So we mentioned uh, Logan Allen. Um, I have him on my list as well. I didn't yep. put Tanner Bybee on just because he's over fifty percent rostered, but um, I think he's like fifty three percent or something. Yeah. I cheated. Uh, yeah. So Andrew <laughs> Abbott, you had mentioned uh, he's on yeah. my list, um, and AJ Smith Shaver as well. Uh, sure. Of those two, Andrew Abbott and AJ Smith Shaver, uh, which one would you consider to be a bigger priority ad? I mean, I think it might be Abbott for me, just because like I think he might have a, a spot in that rotation. Um, but gosh, Smith Shaver has probably a better situation in Atlanta, you know, better ballpark and all that. But um, I just worry that he'll just kind of be middle reliever a little bit. Maybe he won't get as many starts. I think Abbott will get a lot more starts. So. I guess it depends on what you're looking for, um, but I, I don't know. I guess I just believe in Abbott more as like a, a starter rest of the season. What about you? Well, it does sound like they're going to give him a, a, an extended audition, so um, so that's encouraging, I guess. Uh, but um, I I don't know. I just don't know how much I believe in Abbott really. Um, I mean, he. Uh, you know, back last season in Double A, he had a 4.75 ERA in 91 innings. Uh, this year in in Triple A, uh, 3.05 ERA, which is solid. But um, I don't think he. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he throws particularly hard. Um, and uh, certainly pitching in Cincinnati is <laughs> a pretty tough assignment as well. I it mean, is. we've seen Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green both go through some very difficult <laughs> transitions uh, pitching in Cincinnati. Uh, I I, th- I think I was watching the game today and they called it, um, what what did they, they call it? Uh, great small ball, great American small park. I think small park. Called it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm a little concerned there. I mean, I agree with what you're saying though. Like Smith Shaver, like he could easily be out of, out of that rotation at any time. I mean, I don't know if he's going to stick in the rotation or not, but um, from a skill set perspective, I think I like his his upside more than Abbott's. Yeah, I just like Smith Shaver is twenty years old. You know, he he was he threw twelve innings at Triple A this year and seven seven innings at Double A, uh, fourteen innings at I guess High A, and so like he just they just kept moving him up. I guess they have some plans for him, but I, I do worry that like he yeah he he just might not stick. He's so young. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that's a valid concern. I just think he's less likely to like torture ratios. Like I can see a scenario <laughs> yeah. where Abbott just like blows up, you know. Yeah, and I mean Smith Shaver could end up if he does stick a little bit, even if he is in middle relief, he might get a lot of strikeouts and and be just be better. So yeah, that could happen. Yep. Uh, so um, who are some other who are some other pitchers on your list? Um, pitchers on my list. I actually have uh, Brian Bayo, who's 26% rostered, so a little bit deeper, but he's looked good lately. I'm sure you know that. You're a Red Sox fan. Yeah, I've got him um, on my list too. Yeah, like just the numbers have looked good, like just looked really good lately. And at 26%, that's just kind of criminal for a guy who just is young and has some talent. And uh, the Red Sox, you know, they really need him with Chris Sale going down. Uh, his His spot in the rotation, I don't think, is going anywhere, especially the way he's pitching. So, you know, you always hear like everyone needs pitching, and like 
I don't know why he isn't more rostered yet, especially after the last couple of good starts. Yeah, I mean, he's got a 289 ERA over the last uh, 30 days. So, yeah, it's uh, good. Definitely like what he's doing. Um, uh, at the very least, ride the hot hand, see where it goes. Sure. Um, also, I'll put James Paxton in that conversation uh, while we're yep. while we're talking about uh, these uh, Red Sox pitchers because uh, he's looking he's looking really good and he's throwing <laughs> as hard as he ever did. You know, so like uh, he seems to be back to. Uh, the pitcher that he that he was in his heyday which is quite an amazing thing to say and you don't yeah. know how long it's going to last but like just you know four of his five starts have been excellent so far and his next start is lined up against the Rockies and it's not at course so like yeah. you know I, I I just think that he's a uh, kind of a plug and play option right now sure um, another uh, pitcher on my I don't have a oh I have a couple pitcher pitchers here who they're likely IL stashes, um, especially in deeper leagues, but they're probably, I mean, they're widely available in 10s and 12s, and that's Trevor Rogers and Kenta Maeda. Rogers is 16% rostered. Actually, Maeda is about 16% as well. And I, I do have some concerns a little bit about Kenta Maeda, you know, coming off the Tommy John surgery and all that. So Rogers would be the priority between the two because he's come up, you know, he's on a rehab assignment, looking really good. And should rejoin the Marlins uh, pretty soon, I think. And he was, I feel like, you know, he was looking pretty good before he, he went down. And, you know, he had a couple seasons ago, he had a really good season and then it's terrible, you know. So he's he's had a roller coaster of a young career so far, but I think there's a lot there that uh, at 16%, uh, I had to put him on my list. Yep, he's on my list too. Uh, I, I, you know, last season he had a lot of off-field um, personal issues that um, – you know, he didn't divulge exactly what they were, but I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was maybe family issues or something like that. Something was weighing on on his mind and affecting his performance. So um, I'm willing to give him a bit of a a pass for last season. And, and um, definitely the upside is extremely high and the Marlins are a team with a good track record of developing pitchers. It's a very favorable pitching environment too. So yeah, I mean, he, to me, he's got a lot of upside. A um, couple relievers, I, you know, Miguel Castro, uh, he mm-hmm. did just get bombed, I think, in his last outing, but <laughs> he still seems to be have a slight edge um, over Andrew Chafin um, as the best bet for saves um, with the Diamondbacks at the moment, and his overall numbers for the season are still pretty solid, and he's had a, a decent career. Like, he's not special, but... Um, but he's solid, and the Diamondbacks have, you know, your Diamondbacks have been yeah, a, a solid team this year. So um, <laughs> not a bad situation. And then Justin Lawrence um, of the Rockies, I, you know, that's more of a deep, deeper thing, league thing. But, I mean, you know, saves are saves. And a lot, if you need saves, like, he is probably the best bet right now on the Rockies. I thought they might go back to Daniel Bard uh, because Pierce Johnson has just been terrible. Um but it looks like they, they might be leaning towards Justin Lawrence, who's pitched very well this year. I mean, uh, he might not be their exclusive closer. Like, they might use him more in a fireman role, but I still mm-hmm. think he's probably the best bet to lead the team in saves. And I'll just mention another one. It's more for shallow leagues. I know this is over 50%, but A.J. Puck is now back off the IL. He's 58% rostered, but in my 10-team league, I ran to the waiver wire to add him. He struck out the side in the ninth against the Royals. I know the Royals stink. Um, but yeah, the Marlins are playing some good baseball, uh, and a lot better than I thought they would be this year. And AJ Puck was really good before hitting the IL and, uh, he's back. I mean, he needs to be like 80, 90% rostered. Oh yeah. He's definitely in, a, in, a, in its own, his own tier ahead of Castro yeah. and Lawrence. Um, 
How about hitters? Hitters, um, J.D. Davis was right at 50% when I was making putting my list together. I think he's at 51 now, but he's just getting no love. Like, his XBA is, uh, you know, higher than his batting average. He's lowered his K rate. He's just maybe just having a super post, post, post type breakout or mini breakout, you know, with the Giants. So he's not getting any love, and I think he'll end up having a really solid season. He's playing a lot. Um, it's the Giants. They turn team. They turn players around sometimes, and J.D. Davis is uh, looking the part. Oh yeah, definitely on my list as well. Um, I sort of like. I, I think I've rostered him already at some point this season, and I'm always <laughs> constantly thinking about adding him again if I can just find room. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Luke Rayleigh is another first baseman. I think you could look at. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't like the strikeout rate with him, but he's got the power and the speed combo. Um, you know, if you don't need a first baseman, I do prefer Joey Weimer because I think he's. I mean, he's actually a, a prospect. You know, Luke really is not a. Pro- he's older and, um, you know, more of a, a journeyman kind of a guy. But he is adding power and speed in a in a very potent uh, lineup. So that's interesting as well. Um, you know, rather than Luke Fraley, I prefer Jake Fraley though, uh, <laughs> who has been leading off uh, for the Reds. He's also got a great power speed combo, and he yep. really crushes right handed pitching. So um, he probably isn't going to play most of the time against lefties, but that's fine because he's not he's not that good against lefties. He's really, really good against righties. Um, he has more value in those daily lineup leagues, so you just sit him the days that he's playing against lefties. But, um, I mean, he's leading off on a offense that is just really trending up right now with these call-ups and um, great ballpark. So I, I think he's, like, really moving up uh, my rankings pretty quickly. Well, he's been leading off a lot lately because TJ Friedel uh, is on the IL, and he's actually on my list. I, I, I have, I mean, I would put Fraley on there too, but Friedel has a nice power speed combo too. He's he's batting three twenty six on the year, three homers, six stolen bases. He's fifteen percent rostered, and you know he could be back as early as this weekend. He's just dealing with a hamstring issue. Doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I like these, I like these young Reds, and Friedel is probably just on a ton of waiver wire. So I like, I like him and Fraley. Yeah, I guess anyone that's in the Reds lineup right now, you pretty much want to add and, and start. Um, Jorge Polanco has kind of mm. fallen off the radar some, but he's back from injury, and he's been uh, hitting leadoff. Um, I, I do think he's also he, – he might have just got banged up a little bit again. Uh, he's got hamstring yep. tightness, but yep. um, he is, uh, you know, he's day-to-day, and he's he's let off every game since he's come back off the I.L., uh, we know the track record with Jorge Polanco. I mean, he's a very solid player. Like he can be that maybe low end top twelve second baseman in fantasy if uh, he if he's uh, gets back to what he usually does. So, um, I mean, we remember just back in twenty nineteen, he was he was really awesome. Uh, I know that's a while back now, but uh, I mean, we're talking about players that are just very widely available. So he's he's yeah. available in more than half of leagues. Um, someone else who's, I mean, and yeah, Polanco should be like, you know, if he were totally healthy, I, like he should be like 70% rostered, you know, that, that'll climb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, another guy I was going to mention is Randall Grichik. Um, you talked about teams who don't really, you know, handle their young guys. Well, I feel like the Rockies never do, you know, I know you like Nolan Jones, uh, or Brenton Doyle. We've talked about, is it Brent Doyle? Um, Brenton Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like they've got some young guys, but like, you know, Chris, um, 
Chris Bryant is on the shelf, and Grichuk, I mean, he's pretty much playing every day. The power is not there right now, um, but he's batting 336. You know, he plays his game, half his games in cores. And this is, I'm talking, this is deeply because he's 10% rostered, or you can just add him to your watch list. But I just think, like, he could be uh, relevant here uh, in the coming months. Yep, for sure. I've always liked Grichuk. Uh, Trevor Story, I mean, I don't know why he's yeah. still so widely available. Like, he's going to be an impact player when he's back. And, um, that might not be that long. I mean, the latest reports are that, you know, the Red Sox are considering bringing him back as their designated hitter before he's ready to play the field, which would yep. really speed up his return. And, uh, you know, he's he, he's still relatively young. I mean, he's not, like, on the downside of his career yet. Um, and I know he doesn't play in quarters anymore, but Boston is hardly a bad place to play. Like, I mean, this is a guy that could easily, you know, produce a, like a, you know, 2020 <laughs> 280 pace like once he's mm-hmm. once he's back so like he's probably the highest upside player on the that's widely available on the waiver wire in my opinion yep that's a good call uh, uh that's it for me for ads you have anybody else oh yeah i got a few more um <laughs> mitch garver i i just made you know we i feel like every week we talk about who's my catcher this week well he's my <laughs> catcher now i uh you know patrick <laughs> bailey's still doing decently um but uh, but I decided to go for Mitch Garver because I just, I mean, he's been playing, he's not really catching. He's mostly playing DH, but uh, that that's fine. That's actually bet- preferable because he's got catcher eligibility in Yahoo. And I think he might be on the verge of getting in other formats as well, uh, just catching maybe once or twice a week. Um, and the Rangers are just a great lineup. And he had 10 home runs last year in like 188 at bats. So like that's, yeah. 30 home run pace. I mean, we've seen that before with Mitch Garver. So I like him a lot. Um, Joey Weimer, I talked about. I love the upside. Uh, Nick Prado, um, he's kind of heating up a little bit again. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is that is that high-end prospect. So it's worth watching. And, you, you know, I got to mention Alex Kirilov. I always mention Alex Kirilov. So, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's dipped below 50%, huh? He has, yeah. And, yeah. like, he's actually hitting well. It's just he hasn't. Um, he hasn't, you know, hit for a ton of power uh, recently, but, um, you know, he, has, he hasn't homered recently, but uh, he's getting a bunch of hits, and uh, I still feel like the power is there, and uh, he's just a really, he's got just a great approach at the plate. Yeah, man, he's 19% roster. That's way lower than I thought. Yeah, so that should get corrected. And yep. Zach McKinstry, I'll mention too. I mean, he's got really nice underlying numbers, and he's eligible all over the field, so... He's a useful uh, utility uh, player to have on your team. Yeah, super utility. Super utility, that's right. All right, (laughs) why don't we go through some cuts real quick, and then we'll we'll wrap things up. Sure. Um, Well, I mean... I don't know. Should we start talk? Should we talk about Alec Manoa and Lance Lynn, or just assume everyone's cut them by now? Uh, they're at the top. Of, actually, the very top of my list is sadly Jacob Degrom, who is uh, having yeah. Tommy John surgery. So <laughs> you can you can certainly let him go, even in a keeper league. Uh, you can probably yeah. let him go. Maybe in a deep dynasty league, you're not letting him go. But outside of that format, uh, sadly, he yeah. Is I was I was going to ask one. you about that because I, I know you're in a six. You keep six uh, players right in your keeper league, right? Yeah, I mean, even then you can't you can't keep a Degrom like I can't imagine he even comes back late next year. So yeah, right. And he's he gone. and by the time he does come back, he's going to be on the wrong side of his thirties. You know? Oh like, yeah, he's like already thirty five. Yeah, exactly. So like, yep. he's going to be he's going to be entering the late phases of his career, coming off uh, Tommy John. That's that's tough. 
yeah, Alec Manoa was 75% rostered a couple days ago when I was putting this list together. When I looked, I think yesterday he was 60%. So that's just falling. I mean, the guys, who knows what's going on with Alec Manoa, but I think you just got to cut ties at this point, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's off to, what, the Florida Developmental Institute or whatever. It's like, is he going back to school or something? I don't know what's happening. But, like, he's not helping your fantasy team. That, that much is for sure. But thankfully, he's not hurting your fantasy team anymore because that's the only thing he yeah. has been doing this season. Yeah. And with Lance Lynn, you know, I'll mention him too. Like, he's 64% rostered. He pitched today. Uh, you know, the Yankees postponed yesterday because of the, the air quality issues and did a doubleheader today. He went five innings. Gave up quite a few runs. That whip is 2.20 today. Uh, it wasn't his last start, too. Just four four strikeouts in each of his last two starts. That's the thing with Lance Lynn. We were talking about him and Chris Sale earlier in the year struggling, but they were still striking out a lot of guys. Well, Lance Lynn hadn't really been striking guys out lately, so it just seems like, I don't know, just seems all bad for Lance Lynn, too. Yeah, and I, I feel like he's done this thing this season where even when he was striking guys out, like he was just making too many mistakes like right over the middle of the plate and just getting crushed you know so like yep i mean uh, you know i don't generally put that much stock into like exit velocity for pitchers because it's uh, it feels a little bit fluky like dependent on what the hitters happen to do against them um over a short period of time but like with him i kind of buy it like he just he's throwing meatballs up there you know yeah, uh, I'll, I'll mention another pitcher on my list who I think is too owned is Patrick Sandoval. <laughs> He's next and, on my list too. <laughs> yeah, fifty six percent rostered. Like that's way too high. This yeah. dude has. I feel like he's been like a sleeper on a lot of lists the last couple of years, um, but he's still asleep. You know, he's fifty eight innings, forty strikeouts. Like that's just terrible K rate. You know, he's got a high WHIP. His ERA is over he's four. Always had a high WHIP. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's just not much. To, he's going to hurt your ratios, and I don't just. I don't know. Just cut him. Don't you don't want you don't want to put him out there. I totally agree. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez too. I mean, he's out six to eight weeks, and he was due for some regression anyway. So, uh, yeah. you know, I know some of these guys get held on to just because people have open IL spots, but like to me, he'd be a pretty low priority IL stash even. Well, the other IL guys, I think who you can cut, Lance McCullers is forty two percent rostered, and he had a setback, and like I don't know that we're going to see him this year. So, like, if you only have two or three IL spots and they're full, like. Go ahead and cut Lance McCullers if you've been holding on to him. Yeah, and I'd say that I think it's fine to cut Chris Bryant. I think it's fine to cut Brandon Lau. Yep, uh, Brandon Lau's yeah. on my, my 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 list too because he's the back issues man. Like he's had these this before with the herniated disc. Like he could have this the rest of the year and not get right at all. Yeah, and you know his bad numbers look very similar to his bad numbers from last season. So like, yep. it's just it start it's getting further in the rearview mirror when he was a really useful fantasy option. Yep, uh, a couple other hitters for me. We've talked about Jose Abreu a lot. I mean, if you haven't cut him by now, I mean, I just feel like he's fallen off the age cliff. Uh, he's fifty six percent rostered. Yeah, I got to give I, him I credit for that celebration he had when he finally hit his first home run. Though he was like, he looked like a little leaguer <laughs> who hit it over the fence. Like he was so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It tells you something um, about where how far it, he's fallen though that he can get that excited about hitting one home run. <laughs> it does. I also think uh, we're talking about super utility guys. Jake Cronenworth, I think, is too highly owned at sixty-four percent. Like, there's yep. just he's not hitting for average. He's not doing a whole lot. I've of always anything, thought so. he was overrated. So yeah, I mean, these empty batting average guys. I mean, I think you can put Stephen Kwan, Jeff McNeil, and Cronenworth all <clears> in that category. And typically, you would put DJ LeMahieu in that category too. But he's not even hitting for average anymore. So all four of those guys, I I would have no problem uh, sending to the waiver wire. 
Yep, for sure. Um, a couple guys who are a little bit higher. So if you're maybe in a shower league or just like in a roster crunch, I have Seiya Suzuki, who's 70%. Yep. I mean, his XBA is below 250. He's struggling. He's, he's been not over stealing like any bases either. Nothing. And I also have Carlos Correa on here. Like if you're if you're in a league, like 10-team league or something, and there's plenty of shortstops. So like his K rate is way up. He's a, he's a total zero in stolen bases. I don't think he's stolen a base in like five years. And the twins just have some other options and also the injuries, you know, like there, there's a reason why, like he went and almost signed with like three different teams this off season, you know, and he landed with the twins, but I don't know. I just don't trust him to even stay healthy. So like if you're not cutting him now, like that's fine, but you might be cutting him in a couple weeks. So I just, I don't really believe in Carlos Correa. That's fair. I, I don't have him on my list, but I mean, I wouldn't fight you over that one. I just, I think there's there's low hanging fruit that I would that I would drop before him. I mean, he did hit 291 with 22 homers uh, in only 136 games last year, so that's that's pretty good production. Year before he was good too. I mean, like he's a guy that can hit for a pretty high average and a decent amount of power. So, um, you know, I, I I still have some some hope for for Carlos Correa this season. Yeah, and he's I mean it's 72 percent. So like I, this is more of like a 10 team, you know, shallow. And yeah, also I would just, just kind of look ahead. Suzuki way way before I would cut uh, Carlos Correa. I'd also cut totally Ian agree. Happ. Um, I think I think it's fine to let go of Ian Happ. I, I mean, he's just not yep. a guy that ever really moves the needle for me. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, you know, it's like it's been a long time since he <laughs> really impressed with that power, and he never really provided much beyond that anyway. Um, and then Christopher Morel, who was like the hot name for a while, is not even playing anymore. So uh, there's, you know, there's not much reason to hold on to him, I don't think. Yeah, I have no problem dropping either of those guys. Uh, no issues there. So that's the end of my list. Do you have anybody else uh, as far as uh, drops? I do not. I think we've uh, covered all the bases here today. Nice. Uh, thank, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, if you have any uh, names you'd like us to uh, weigh in on that we didn't talk about today you can always reach out to us on twitter i am at andrew underscore Seifter. and i am at barton wheeler we appreciate everyone listening to the podcast if you like the show please follow subscribe rate and review we are out of here we gone You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.